Cry Wolf. 19 Nocturne Boulevard. Nocturne Boulevard? Not far. When you hit Howard, hang a right. Howard meets Philip at a weird kind of angle, and then you cross James and Poe. You can't miss Nocturne, it's just past the automatic. 19 Nocturne Boulevard. Your address for suspenseful stories of the speculative, strange, and supernatural. Tonight's story is Cry Wolf. Yes, this is 19 Nocturne Boulevard. Won't you step inside? Did you have any trouble finding it? What do you mean, what kind of a place is it? Why, it's a private detective's office. Can't you tell? I know he was a bee! Hey! But he was mine! And now he's dead! Seems like a cut-and-dried case, Mrs. Wolf. What exactly do you want us to do? They're saying my dear sweet husband, Loopy, killed this old lady and was taken down by a good Samaritan before he could escape. But he would never do anything like that. We'd seen it all before, but that's what you get in P.I. work. More of denial than Egypt in flood season, and more grief than happily ever afters. Lives are like mirrors. Once they're shattered, they can never be quite put back together. Miss Wolf was a typical criminal's widow, never willing to admit that the dead beloved might have actually been a predator. Hey, this is my voiceover. You said we were going to start splitting them, and you kept top billing. That's my Paul, Paul Bett. Despite his excruciatingly gruff and intimidating exterior, he always has to be the logical one. And that's my Donna, Donna Bella. She's a lot more than just a pretty face. I am right here. <laughs> Maybe you'll learn something. Is it my turn now? Now nah, let's cut back to the scene. It's like you're not even listening to me! Sorry. Uh, so your husband was killed in the commission of a crime? Alleged crime. Alleged commission. Loopy would never do that! He's always been a good husband and father! Forgive me for asking, Mrs. Wolf, but has he been known to, well, hunt in other pastures? Well, that was surprisingly tactful. Thank you. You're asking if he ever ran around on me? You know, a little howl at the moon, a little lamb on the side. Well, Loopy was no saint. It will help us help you. <gasps> yes, I always knew he was a bit of a dog, but I loved him. And there were always the cubs to consider. Let's get down to the teeth of the matter. What exactly do you want us to do? Your husband's killer is no secret. In fact, he's all over the papers as a big hero. Simple woodcutter saves young girl from fate of devoured grandma. Story on page seven. It's the insurance. They're refusing to pay out since he died while committing a crime. I wouldn't ask if it was just for me, but our pack, well, we'll hardly be able to hold our muzzles up in public. Okay, you go. Thank you. The case was the biggest thing to hit the hot sheets since the disappearance of debutante White last year. Nothing sparks the interest like someone getting devoured. And a little heavily implied sex. The facts were pretty cut and dried. Red reached Grandma's cottage at 10 p.m., only to find the door unlocked and most of the light bulbs unscrewed. A voice from the bedroom called out for her to come in. 
We should check and see if Mr. Wolf was known for voice impersonations. Noted. So... So Red went in to deliver Grandma's goodies. And didn't realize at first that the person tucked up in bed was not her dear sweet Gran. But a bloodthirsty wolf dressed in the clothes of a little old lady he had devoured just moments earlier. <sighs> Why didn't she notice? We need to check on Red's eyesight. Seems fishy to me. Could she have been expecting something? I've heard some interesting things about Red. Maybe I should tackle her alone. Me too. I've heard that if her riding hood was a car, it would come with a rumble seat and a convertible roof. They do say she likes to run around with the top down. Well, you go on ahead. I'll stop in on the captain and see if I can wiggle loose a copy of the official report. Nothing doing. I know just what kind of wiggling you... So we paid a little call on Red. Together. Hey, let me finish. Tell me on the way. Bella? Yes, Paul? What would you do if you walked into, say, my bedroom? Oh, Paul. And crept up to the burly figure tucked into bed. Uh-huh. And when you got close enough to get a look, you see... What would I see, Paul? A wolf in a nightcap. What? I mean, you're a bit shaggy around the edges, but... Huh? I'm talking about Red. What are you talking about? Teasing? You're right. Even if she had to get close before noticing, there's too much chance she'll spot the switch. That's quite a risk he took. Golly, why are you so flushed? Are you okay? Huh? Thrill of the chase. Are we there yet? I think he's... Yeah, he's gone. Well, as you might have noticed, my big lug of a partner doesn't seem to know I'm alive. Except as a sidekick and a sleuth. I've heard of girls who want to be loved for their minds, but everything from the neck down was getting lonely. So I... Oh, here he comes. <clears throat> when we got to Red's address... Did I miss anything? Nope. The windows of the bungalow were dark, and a for sale sign sat in the yard. What's wrong? Nothing. No, really. Well, there is one thing. Why would she sell her house right after her brush with death? Bad memories? But that would be Grandma's house, wouldn't it? So where's Red? She's staying at the Peralt Hilton. Makes it easier to avoid the press. Captain Uffthegard, what are you doing here? I could ask you the same thing. What's the deal? This is hardly the most interesting case in town, seeing as we've already got everything handled. One dead killer, one live hero... And one red-hot media bombshell. Getting any good press lately? Shh! We've been asked to look into a couple things. You know how insurance companies are. Look, this case is wrapped up tighter than a ball gown in a walnut, and the last thing I need is you two poking your noses into it and messing things up. I don't want to see you anywhere near this case, you hear? I got a glass mountain just waiting for the first one to get in my way. Oh, yeah? Shh! Bruce. Don't Bruce me, Donna. Why a nice girl like you wants to be a private eye is beyond me. Call me when you want to go legit. Take it up with the king, pal. Why can't you be civil? I don't like him. He treats you like you should be... Locked in a tower. Uh, he just... Pardon me, good miss, good sir. Have you seen a mangy cur? Get away. No need to... I hate patty cakes. If not for them, who'd do all the scut work? Cartoon mice? Paul, why don't you run along and see if you can talk to Red? I'll catch a cab later. It's B-night anyway. But... But... I have to explain the patty cakes, dear. You'll have plenty of time to get across town. They come in here, take all the jobs. You may have noticed a certain theme to our world. Well, the patty cakes hail from a completely different land. They don't even speak good English. 
They're stuck in the past and limited in their abilities, but they do just fine at menial labor. So they get hired under the table by people too cheap or too broke to find someone local. Luckily, when I was a kid, my nanny was an old woman who lives in a shoe, so I knew the lingo. And they do stupid things like jump over candlesticks. It's over! Oh. Right. <sighs> Question. No, that's a hard one. Um, Little Boy Blue... But wait. No, I've got it. I've seen no dog, my boy in blue, but I have something to ask you. Lovely lady, kind and fair. I'll answer anything I dare. Just a moment. Uh, I need to know about Miss Red or about the wolf that's dead. The wolf is dead? Oh, lack a day. He had me watch his car for pay. You mean the wolf came here? What? Oh, um... I see the sinking of the sun. My mother worries. I must run. Damn! But why would Mr. Wolf have come here? If Red knew him... What? I need to muse. Take a break. Are you spying on me? No, I wouldn't. Good. Hi, this is Arif Silverman, and I wanted to let you know that my radio play, Black Blade, is now available to stream on the Fantasy Network. The play chronicles the apex of a decades-long witch hunt and includes ancient forests, wyverns, and magic swords. A diverse cast of characters and team members tell a subversive, timely story about a world racked with political and environmental struggles. I hope you'll tune in. TFN Audio. Creator distributed. Fan supported. Are you spying on me? No, I wouldn't. Good. I figured this was a good time as any to tap my underworld contacts to see if there was any connection between Red and the wolf. Don't you dare, that's my clue. Now who's spying? I'll go away, but only if you don't follow my clue. <sighs> Done. Fine. Then I decided to tap my underworld contacts to see if the woodcutter had any prior grudge against the wolf. That's better. And I figured after that I could swing by Captain of the Guard's office. Donna? She's a real salamander when she gets started. Look, don't tell her this. But I feel like such a... Well, a beast. When I see her and of the guard together, he's an old family friend. When her father, the big-time importer, had a few bad business breaks, he helped them keep the wolf from the door. And I always figured it was to get close to Donna, since her sisters are no prize. That's how Donna ended up coming to work for me. Times were tough. Now that her father's back in the shipping fast lane, I figure it's just a matter of time before she gets bored with keeping company with a roughneck like me and goes back to her high society friends. I don't know how I'd get by without her. But there's no way a gorgeous dame like her could ever be interested in a big hairy brute like yours, truly. And what could I say? Every time I try to come up with something romantic, all I think of is, will you marry me? Which is bound to be slapped down. So, I make light and pretend I didn't see her lovely eyes and shiny red hair. <sighs> I'm back! Miss me? No! I, 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 uh, I have to go meet a guy. I'll never understand him. What? Oh, fine. I got to the B. Why isn't the music ending? I've arrived! Grand balls may be the obvious social events of high society, but the sewing bees are the true heart of the old dame's network. We get together to spin and weave and sew, and dish. 
Good enough? Thanks. Come in. Hey, ladies. Winky, nice glasses. Blinky, how's the gout? Nod, what happened to your hunch? What hunch? Huh? Never mind. I brought pies. <laughs> <laughs> Is this that pieman friend of yours? Might be. <laughs> Never hurts to have pals in low places. Hey, Tilda's not here. Did she finally finish those shirts for her seven brothers? All but one sleeve. Can you believe it? No one ever understands how long these things take. I'd have thought she'd be here chatting up a storm just about now. She's on her honeymoon, the wench. Enough of this lifetime moment. Can I have the narrative for a while? There's actually something happening over here. Oh, all right. But where's the... Thank, Thank you. you. May I? Brute. <sighs> Very well. Mm, that woman. Where was I? Right. My best contact, Rumpy, the little weasel, was just coming out of his basement for the night as I rolled up. Hey, Rump, any straw to gold today? Oh! Oh, it's you, Bet. What you want? Come on, old pal. Can't a fella just look you up for old time's sake? You know, and I know. We got no old times, me old son. Show me the money. Unless you have, uh, something a bit more round and pink candy. No babies today, Rump. You're old enough. You wouldn't know what to do with one if you did get one. Right then. I want the skinny on the wolf massacre. Wolf? I don't seem to recall any... Oh! You mean the Red Riding Hood rescue? I want to know more about the wolf. And I heard you two sometimes ended up at the same watering holes. What kind of guy was he? Truly, I never would have pegged him as a gramivore. Never saw him touch anything harder than lamb kebabs, if you get my drift. No steak tartare, no little pigs? On my mother's grave. He was a bit secretive the last few days, though. Leering and preening and hinting he had a new lady friend. Said something about her being real hot stuff. Red hot? Yes. He might have said something like that. But he did say one thing solid that I almost recall. Ah, yes, it all comes back to me. He mentioned how she was uh, a bit experimental in the boudoir, so to speak. Kinky? To put a bald face on it. Yes. He said she liked him to dress up. No snappy wrap-up? Frankly, I'm a little creeped out. Oh, all right. Let's meet up outside the office. Yeah, good. Just because that thing can fly doesn't mean there isn't a scoop law. Morning. What happened to you? Oof. You smell like an elvish cobbler shop. I was tapping Rumpy. No, I mean, I I was getting the lowdown from my contacts. Stilt skin's about as low as you can get. You get anything at the B? Not much. Neither one seems to have run in our circles. Seems Grandma didn't get out much, and Red moves in, well, <laughs> let's say... Faster circles? I see. One thing, though. Rapunzel showed up for a bit. She's legal counsel for the highway board, you know? And said that she'd heard of Grandma. Halt there! What? It's too early for this. Unhand that fair maiden. Who? Her? What? 
Don't worry. I am here to save you. Take heart, dear lady. Hey, fella. What? This foul beast cannot harm you ever again. Rescue is at hand. Look out. He's got a sword. Have at. Ha! What? I am disappointed in you. That poor, poor prince. He started it. Brawling on the street like a couple of drunken... drunkards. He must be annoyed he's dropping his similes. Shut up! You'll be lucky if he doesn't press charges. I'm still trying to decide if I should toss you in a dungeon. Huh? I didn't even break his nose until he brought up Stockholm Syndrome. She was very understated. Thank you. I don't care. I won't have it in my town. Look, if it'll get him to forego filing a complaint... Tell him that he can tell everyone it was me that done him over. Much less embarrassing to the folks back home. <sighs> Fine. Get out of here. I know where to find you. One thing, Captain. Was there an autopsy on Mr. Wolf? Autopsy? Why would we do that? It was obvious how he died. I was more interested in his stomach contents. Besides, after the woodcutter got through with them, it wasn't much cutting left. Stomach contents? Just curious. We'll get out of your way. Think you'll go for it? 50-50. Is that a bet? We decided to speak with the only killer we were sure of. Even if he was the hero of the day, the woodcutter had been mighty quiet. That was short and sweet. I'm still hungover. This is the place. Uh-oh. What? In the window. Is he... Well, he could be sleeping... On the floor, in a puddle of blood. Here! Anything? Nothing obvious. Check him for combs and poison apples, but be careful, Paul. I love it when she worries. What? Nothing. Ah, stabbed in the back. With what? I have an idea. And look at this. What is... Why would he have one of those? Maybe a souvenir from Grandma's house. No, she only had one and the wolf was wearing it when he died. Hmm. I'll call Captain of the Guard. No, we'll need him. Need him for what? The denouement. Are we there already? Oh, yes. So we rounded up all the unusual suspects. There's actually only the one, Red. Oh, well. We got Red and of the Guard to meet us at Grandma's cottage, a one-room, run-down little affair that had definitely seen better days three or four kings ago. Hi, this is Arif Silverman, and I wanted to let you know that my radio play, Black Blade, is now available to stream on the Fantasy Network. The play chronicles the apex of a decades-long witch hunt and includes ancient forests, wyverns, and magic swords. A diverse cast of characters and team members tell a subversive, timely story about a world racked with political and environmental struggles. I hope you'll tune in. ago. All President, who are you? That's my attorney, Portia. Most noble lady, I am informed thoroughly of the cause. Portia? I think she's from across the pond. First patty cakes, now Shakespeareans. What's next? Shh, denouement, remember? 
Right. Denouement. Should I start? Well, somebody should. We're all here. Fine. We were hired to investigate the circumstances of a violent death. My grandma? Actually, no. We're talking about the death of Mr. Wolf at the hands of the woodcutter. But he was protecting little old me. That's not murder. Stuff it up your riding hood, Red. Let Paul talk. Mm. As I was saying, Wolf's wife, loyal to the end, insisted that while he might have been on the prowl, he wasn't a killer. And she was right. Wasn't she, Captain? Eh? Uh, it turns out you're right. There was no sign of Grandma in the wolf's stomach contents. Great! Uh, but there was Grandma bits found in his mouth and teeth, so there was no reason to look any further. Understandable. The guard is always busy and understand. We're agreeing with you. Oh. So the wolf was a patsy, a fall guy. What? Akin to Icarus? Don't confuse him. And once we rule out the obvious suspect, we have to look at a motive. Which is... Yes, enlighten us. If you think I want to own this rundown little rat hole, you're sadly mistaken. It's so old, it might as well have been built out of gingerbread. Ah, well, I found out from a contact in the DA's office and highway planning board that there's been a highway supposed to go through this very spot. But it's been held up in the planning stages since Grandma didn't want to sell. <gasps> have these such secrets withheld? That will be Officer Seals real far. Come in. We did what you said, sir, and... And? Out behind the woodshed, sir. Very good. Duty and disclosure, sire. Pray enlighten us. Tis commonly said the devil is in the details. We'll get to that. Go on. But even if Red had a very good motive... By the way, my contact also said that the board bought the land this morning. And for a pretty penny... I may be in mourning for my grandma, but business is business. Right. We come to the death of the woodcutter, supposedly an innocent bystander, dragged into the whole mess out of pure chivalry and civic duty. Or was he? What are you implying? You won't find anyone who saw us together until after the incident. Uh, tragedy. <laughs> Hold thy tongue. Why? I've nothing to hide. Verily, I can tell by your dress. Back to the subject. Funny you should mention dresses there, mouthpiece. Because the wolf, who's also probably never seen with you, Red, was howling to all of his friends about a hot little number. Red hot. Who's keeping company with him, and how she was a little kinky. Shut up. She liked him to dress up. Tell him I'll sue. In an old lady's nightgown. What? <laughs> It started out as part of the plot, didn't it? Just a way to get him into the nighty before he tucked himself up and waited for you. But you realized it really made you feel like I'm straying from the path. Giving your cookies away. Otherwise, why would we have found this <gasps> in the woodcutter's bedroom? I forgot about that. Not hard, since just as you didn't kill the wolf, you didn't kill the woodcutter either. She didn't? Nope. Captain, I think you already have that killer in custody. I do? Come on, spill. That prince who attacked us on the street, beautiful, while you were... Causing a disturbance. Defending myself. Turning into a whirlwind. Oh, I happened to notice his sword had a tiny smear of dried blood on it. It didn't strike me at the time, except that he was pretty careless with his weapon. And the woodcutter? When I saw the stab wound in the back, I thought it looked strange. Awkward. Swords aren't made for that, but they'll do. 
I think you'll find, Captain, when you do an autopsy on the poor fellow, that it's the same caliber. Swords don't have calibers. So it's an Excalibur? <sighs> Size, shape, whatever. Don't nitpick. This is the big payoff. So she vamped him into killing the wolf. Not too hard. A poor honest woodcutter and a tamale like that? He must have thought he'd died and gone to heaven. And he did, just the other way around. So this prince... She must have heard that we were on to her. And she gave him a sob story and sent him round to take me out. Possibly hoping I'd get caught in the crossfire. Uh, cross swords, uh... Frey? Frey, yes. But, my good lords, there is no tale so true without the proving. <laughs> well, uh, that's where you're wrong, milady. Oh. My officer just now... Well, I had some of my boys dig around out back, and guess what they found? Oh, no. Prepare thy bosom for the knife. They found Grandma, dead, buried under the woodshed. And I think we're going to find she wasn't killed by wolf, woodcutter, or demented prince. A red? My client makes nary an admission. Sings she as sweetly as a lark. All right, I did it. She was a tiresome, senile old biddy who stockpiled newspapers and put food out for the blue butter happiness. She had no reason to live, let alone keep me from my dreams. Which are? Oh, you know, fame, fortune, marry a prince. Really? Okay, so my only dream is to kill her and get a bunch of money. Is that so wrong? A nice end to another tough case. Mrs. Wolf got her insurance money and the cubs can go to college. Red got her comeuppance and the prince went into therapy. And the money from the sale of Grandma's land went to a distant relation living in a pumpkin shell. Mm, patty cakes. And we... Got our feet. And the warm feeling... Of helping someone in need. Stop! Darn it, Paul. I'm tired of this. Of what? All of this. Fighting over voiceovers. You, everything. You mean... Yes. Well, I can't say I wasn't expecting it. I've just been holding out to be nice. Of course. So... As of tomorrow... Yes. I want my own damn voiceover music. Oh! Now that you know how to find us, don't be a stranger. We have enough of those already. Tonight's story, Cry Wolf was written by Julie Hoverson. In it, Paul Bett was Joel Harvey, Donna Bella was Julie Hoverson, Mrs. Wolf was Femnomena, Captain of the Guard was Renaud LaBeouf, Red was Julia Lorraine, Rumpelstiltskin was Philemon Vanderbeck, Boy Blue was Beverly Poole, Portia was Chandra Wade. The Prince and Officer Cesarel Farr was Mr. Sinister. And Philemon Vanderbeck, Julia Lorraine, and Femnomena were also the three sewing crones. Also heard, Cole Hornaday. The music for this episode was courtesy of Buzz Hendricks and Somewhere Off Jazz Street, www.somewhereoffjazzstreet.com or find his albums on gemendo.com. The 19 Nocturne Boulevard theme song was courtesy of Kevin McLeod of incompetech.com. Sound effects were found on soundsnap.com and sonomic.com. 
Sound and mastering was done by Julie Hoverson. This episode was recorded at NeoHoodoo Studios with the assistance of Ryan Hurst. Questions? Comments? We would love to hear from you. Contact us at 19nocturne at live.com. That's 19nocturne. Or visit us on the web at 19nocturneboulevard.com or .net. This presentation is copyright 2009 to Julie Hoverson and Reality Productions. Is Huggy Bear Stiltson? Kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> so I make light and pretend I don't see her lovely eyes and shiny red hair. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.